We are so thankful uh, and appreciative in our church to have the musical talent that we do. And uh, with Tara and her family taking some vacation time, which is well needed, uh, we are grateful to have these that have come this morning um, and uh, have filled in and always does a wonderful job and blesses our heart uh, with their talents that God has given them. Well, you know, I'm just going to confirm some of the suspicions that some of you had have. Preachers can be weird things and can do weird things. They're odd creatures sometimes. One of the things that I like to do is read sermons from other pastors. And so this week I was reading some of Dwight L. Moody's. I don't know if you've, any of you have ever heard that name. Some of you have. Uh, Dwight L. Moody uh, preached in a, in a time that, you know, some, somewhat different. But in reading his sermons, you can tell that some of the same things that he preached on were preaching still today. Uh, and I enjoyed reading that. But then I came across um, a series of sermons. Some of you will remember, or will know this guy, W.A. Criswell. W.A. Criswell. Is that a name is familiar to you? Uh, used to be at First Baptist Church Dallas years and years ago. Um, and, and sometimes people say, Preacher, Preacher, why would you want to spend your time reading old sermons? Well, one of the things sometimes we find is that we get ideas from that. We get ideas. And, and I was reading uh, w, uh, Dr. Criswell's sermon, and I was reading a series of sermons that he preached many years ago. Uh, during the week of Easter. And I looked at this series of sermons, and Paul, you know, and, and, and Preston, I went, wow, this, this is an idea. I haven't thought of that. And he preached a series of, of um, uh, sermons on the five great questions, the five great questions of the Bible. And the first one was, am I my brother's keeper? I thought, hmm, could be. You know, and then I thought, the second question, what must I do to be saved? I said, okay. Third one was, my God, my God, why? I went, whew, okay. And then the fourth one was, if a man die, if a man dies, shall he live again? Now, all these are in the Bible. These are questions. And then it brings me to the one that caught my attention today. Because this is a question that I have thought of many times. And this question is, what shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? You know, and that is a question that every one of us in this building, no matter what era we're in, we've got to answer that question. What shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ. Now we know in this case, Pilate was asking this question. But we have to answer, I believe, this same question because every day, what are we doing with our Lord Jesus Christ? Are we inviting him into our lives? Or have we invited him into our lives? Or do we each day just say, now Jesus, just stay over there. Just stay there. And when I need you, I'll call you. Woo! 
Let's look at this passage of Scripture. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 27. Matthew, chapter 27. And I want to begin reading in verse 15. Matthew, chapter 27, beginning with verse 15. At the festival, the governor's custom was to release to the crowd a prisoner they wanted. And at that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered together, Pilate said to them, Who is it you want me to release for you? Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew it was because of envy that they had handed him over. While he was, still, while he was sitting on the judge's bench, his wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with that righteous man, for today I've suffered terribly in a dream because of him. The chief priests and the elders, however, pursued the the crowd, or, or persuaded the crowd, I'm sorry, to ask for Barabbas and to execute Jesus. The governor asked them, which of the two do you want me to release for you? Barabbas, they answered. Pilate asked him, Pilate asked him, what should I do with with Jesus, who is called Christ? And they all answered, crucify him. Then he said, why? What has he done? But they kept shouting all the more, crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that a riot was starting instead, he took some water, washed his hands in front of the crowd, and, and said, I'm innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourself. And all the people, all the people answered him, his blood be on us and our children. Then he released Barabbas to them, and after, and after having Jesus flogged, handed him over to be crucified. Now, I know many times we look at this passage of Scripture at Easter, and we should, but I think it's a reminder to us today, what are we doing with Jesus? Have some of us today, and I say this with all humility, have some of us today washed our hands of Jesus. Now, I know you're thinking, well, preacher, I wouldn't be in church if I've washed my hands of Jesus. And and that's a pretty good argument. You probably haven't. But I do feel that there have been many people today, they don't say it publicly, they don't say it out loud, but privately, they have washed their hands of Jesus. They don't include him in their life. They don't pray to him. They, they, they just go on with their life without him. This morning, we have to ask ourselves, what are we doing with Jesus? Did you notice in that passage of Scripture that we read, who was pumping up the crowd? Who was out there saying, tell them Barabbas, tell them Barabbas, tell them Barabbas? You know who it was? The chief priest. The religious leaders, they didn't know what to do with Jesus. Jesus threatened them. They didn't know what to do with him. And so they thought it would be better for him to be crucified than have to deal with him. That way, their hands would be clean, they thought. 
they thought, but all they were doing was digging themselves deeper. Have you noticed when sometimes we know there's something we should do and we try, well, I don't want to do that, I don't want to do that. As we need to see this morning that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Savior. And so as we think about this idea, what am I going to do with Jesus? Here's, here's something that I hadn't thought about. What are we going to do <laughs> with the words of Jesus? Now, you know, I've always known that, you know, Jesus' words are in the Bible. We've known that, right? Some of you even have them in red. <laughs> we know the words. Well, what are we doing with these words? It's another thought, isn't it? Or are we not allowing them to come into our heart? Or are we just picking them when it's convenient? Look over with me in John chapter 7. Again, it just shows I didn't know what to do with Jesus. Look over in John chapter 7. Look at over in verse uh, 45 and 46. There was a debate going on. There was a debate going on in what Jesus claimed. And it says there in verse 45, it says, Then the servant came to the chief priest and the Pharisees who asked them, Why didn't you bring him? And the servant answered, No man ever spoke like this. In other words, what they were saying here in this last verse here, No man ever spoke like this. You see, because the words of Jesus are different. The words of Jesus have a, have a different meaning than what many people think today. And, and we have to be reminded, what are we doing with the words? What are we doing with the words that Jesus spoke? What about when Jesus spoke there in John 14? When he told him, I am the way. Remember that? John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. We need to be reminded of the words of our Lord. And as we think of those words, those mighty words, what do we do with them? And so as we contemplate that, we also have to think about what are we going to do? What are we going to do with those days that our Messiah walked here on earth? What are we going to do with those days? Are we going to just act like they didn't exist. He was here for what? 33 years? Are we going to act like they didn't exist? But as we look at that, we find that, well, look over in Matthew 17 and go to verse 5. In Matthew chapter 17, verse 5, it says, while he was still speaking, Suddenly a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I'm in well pleased. Listen to him. Now what if today, after church, and you're outside in your yard, and all of a sudden the skies become super bright, light starts shining, and you hear a voice from above, that said, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. Now, I know some of you say, well, I've had heat stroke. No, you haven't had heat stroke. 
even though we know that's possible here in Florida. But what are we going to do? What are we going to do with his life? Even our Lord, his heavenly Father, said to us, this is my son, listen to him. And so as we think of these things this morning, take this a step further. What are we going to do with his, with his death? You know, we find also in Matthew 26, 28, where it says, This is my blood of the New Testament shed for the remissions of sin. This morning, think about it. What are we going to do with this death of our Lord? He died for what? For the remissions of yours and mine, for our sins. What are we going to do with that? And then take it one step further. What shall I do with this glorious resurrection? You see, if I'm going to just not pay attention to Jesus, or if I'm not just, if I'm just going to rue him out of my life, then I've got to deal with these things because all these things happened. His death happened. His glorious resurrection happened. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 18, it says, I am he that liveth, and I was dead, and behold, I am alive. That's not just words. That's actual events. You see, what are we going to do with the glorious resurrection of our Lord? Remember when you first saw your first child after they were born? Saw them for the first time? Can you think of some of the thoughts going through your mind at that time? <laughs> Lots of them, wasn't there? You know, we have always at Christmas, we, we, we have baby Jesus in the manger. Sometimes, depending on who has just had a child here, sometimes we, Preston said, can we use your baby? Can we use your baby as baby Jesus? And, you know, we, we've done that to several here. Uh, we've done that. But can you imagine with me, I've never thought of this. Our Lord Jesus Christ looks at us, too. And I wonder, as he was looking at us from his cradle in Bethlehem, what did he think looking at us? Mary, Joseph, looking at us. Can you imagine? Now, I know when Jackson was born, and he was looking at his mom and daddy, for the first time. I wonder what Jackson was thinking. Now I know you say, well, he's a baby. He don't know. But Jesus, I believe, knew. What was he looking at? You know, I, I, as, I, as I thought of that, it just made me stop and think. Or what about when Jesus was delivering the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5? I wonder what he was looking at then when he looked at the people giving the Sermon on the Mount. Or what about when Jesus was on the Mount of Olives in the Transfiguration? And and when he was on the Mount of Olives, he looked at us from the Mount of Olives, weeping over the sin of the lost world. Or what about when Jesus looked at us at the cross? Now you say, well, preacher, I wasn't there. Sure, but we wasn't. But we represented sin. 
What did he say? And so it kind of goes back to, what are we going to do with him? It scares me today, and I see it, and you have seen it and see it every day. People who have decided they don't want Jesus in their life. There are some people, they, they tell you, don't talk to me about that, Jesus. Don't, don't talk to me about that. I don't want to hear it. I, I don't want him in my life. Boy, that just scares me. That just brings chills over me. I see people sometimes in the hospital receiving news that no one wants to receive and I know some of them doesn't have Jesus. What are we going to do? What do you do when you don't have Jesus and you receive news that is overwhelming? Who do you rely upon? You say, well, you rely upon yourself. Well, how reliable is that? You rely upon others. Well, how reliable is that? But you rely upon Jesus. And he is that rock. And he is the everlasting. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He's always been, always will. And, 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 and I think of people today. When they say, I don't want Jesus in my life. I don't want him in any aspect of my life. I just think, who do they rely upon? How scary that is. Once there was a man who was dying. He was a rich man. He was a very rich man. But his wife was concerned about her husband in those, in those dying days because he was just fanatical about his hands. He just kept raising his hands and lowering his hands and moving his hands. And, 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 and his wife kept saying, honey, honey, there's nothing wrong with your hands. Just put them down. There's nothing wrong with your hands. And finally, she, she called one of his friends and, and said, look, can you come over? He, he, he just just... Seems agitated. He keeps moving his hands. He keeps looking at his hands. And, 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 and maybe you can just comfort him. And finally, as his friend came over and his friend kept trying to comfort him, he said, look, 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 your hands are fine. There's, there's nothing wrong with your hands. And he finally told his friends, he said, look. He said, what do you mean, look? He said, look at my hands. And he said, yeah, see your hands. And he said, God showed me my hands, and they're empty. In other words, he realized that his life, because he put himself in his riches and not in his God, that his life was just empty. None of us want to think about life's end. When life ends. None of us want to think about that. But at the same time. It reminds us. What are we doing with Jesus Christ. In the sense that. If we've accepted him as our Lord and Savior. And we have allowed him to live in our life. Even when we face the end of this world. Jesus is there. My life. Our life has meaning because Jesus comes to us and reminds us that he is the resurrection and the life. And he that believeth in me, though they were dead, yet shall live. You see, if we have Jesus, 
oh, our life is totally different. But if we don't, and this is where I just want you to ask yourself, maybe you say, well, Brother Frank, I know I, I come to church, I, I, I try to do good, but, but if you don't have Jesus in your life, where you've prayed and asked Jesus into your life, your life that one is just saying, I'm living my life, Lord. I, I'll call you when I need you. Guys, be careful of that. Because that tells me, and I know you don't think this way, but that tells me you don't have Jesus in your life. You're just calling on him when you need him. Jesus wants to live with you every day. He wants to live with you. Have you prayed and asked Jesus Christ into your life? Can you imagine... When a person reaches that final destination of death. And all those years they've pushed Jesus out. They would never let him in. And then it hits them at that moment of death. I'm empty. You know what happens next? It's those what we call excuses. Oh God, you don't understand. God, I was so busy. Oh, God, I was enveloped in the world. I I, I had all these things to do. God, I, I meant to bring you into my life. God, I just got with the wrong friends. God, I, I was misled in my life. I should have looked closer in the book. But none of those excuses at that moment when we have died will change a thing. You say, but preacher, they're good excuses. No, they're too late. They're too late. And when the book of life is open, we're going to realize there's a question. We've got an answer. What have I done? What have I done? Not what Jesus has done, but what have I done? What's happened to me? Have I allowed somebody, something, To take my hope away in my life. Have I allowed that? Unfortunately, a lot of people on that day say, oh man, what have I done? And so that's why it's so important today to answer that question. What shall I do with Jesus? There is a Negro spiritual. That's entitled, I'm looking to the Lord Jesus and asking him to stand by. The words of that song go, when the storm of life are raging, blessed Jesus, stand by me. When the world is tossing me like a ship upon the sea, thou who rulest wind and water, stand by me. And trials and tribulation, stand by me. When the host of hell assails and my strength begins to fail, though who never lost a battle, stand by me. In the midst of faults and failures, stand by me. When, do I, when I do the best I can and my friends misunderstand, thou who knowest all about me, stand by me. And when I'm growing old and feeble, stand by me. 
When my life becomes a burden and I'm facing tragic journey, O thou who opens the door of heaven, remember me. Stand by me. The question this morning is simple. What shall I do with Jesus? You can open your heart to him. You can give your life to him. You can invite him to be your friend, your companion. In every step of the way of life. Life has a lot of ups and downs, doesn't it? Some of us today were bruised because of some of those ups and downs, but because of Jesus, we've been able to come through. You see, loving our Lord and his blessed devotion is a blessed assurance. And so this morning, do you have Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you opened your heart to him? Have you given him your life? Or are you just still standing guard over it and say, well, one day I will, one day I will. You could be standing one day and say, boy, what have I done? Let's pray. Let's gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, the power of your word is so strong. Lord, I just pray today. That if there is one who doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, they've never prayed, they've never asked you to be their Lord and Savior, Lord. Today they would answer that question, what am I going to do with Jesus? I'm going to ask him in my heart. Lord, today we pray that someone would have the courage to do that. And Lord, if we've asked you into our lives, Lord, then let you live. Let you be glorified. Let you shine in all that we do. In your son's name.